This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Mizugai. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Greetings, Captains. You're listening to episode 278 of Priority One Podcast, your weekly report on all things Star Trek. Available for download or streaming on Monday, the 11th of July at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. And I'm Kenna. And as always, in the recording studio is our audio engineer, Winters. Hello, everybody. <laughs> all right, Kenna, let's jump right in. What do we have in store this week? Well, this week we've got plenty to trek out, including a new backstory for Hikaru Sulu, a television event you're going to want to DVR, the Star Trek film that could have been. In Star Trek Online news, Mark and I are knee-deep in Agents of Yesterday, which launched earlier this week. Later, Jake and Cookie tempt us to spend some hard-earned latinum when they bring us product reviews from the promenade. And as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Of course, we'd love to keep that conversation with you going over at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast or on Twitter at Priority One Pod. You can also send us an email via incoming at Priority One Podcast.com. And finally, thanks once again to all of our Patreon supporters who make this show possible from week to week. Visit us at patreon.com forward slash priority one, that's one the word, and find out about all the cool perks we have to offer. Ooh, Captains! We have a special announcement for those of you attending Star Trek Las Vegas. We want you to join us for some ground combat training. Well, uh, it's really just laser tag, but it's still fun! And we can RP that it's ground combat training. We'll be meeting up at Battle Blast Laser Tag on Wednesday, August 3rd at 7.30 p.m. Vegas time. So if you're in Vegas, attending the con, maybe you just live in Vegas and aren't attending the con, join us. For more information, visit us on facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. Links will be in the show notes for those details. Now let's check out some of the latest news in the world of Star Trek. Then let's trek it out. In an interview with Australia's Herald, John Cho divulged that his character, Hikaru Sulu, would be revealed as gay in Star Trek Beyond. Since there's no canonical evidence to contradict it, this is a fair retcon of the character's backstory. Remember, Demora never reveals who her other parent is. Now this is a huge step, as this will be the first time that a character will be definitively gay in canonical Star Trek. Star Trek pushed the envelopes in the original series with such a diverse cast. A black woman in command during the civil rights movement, a Russian on the bridge during the Cold War. Never has there been an established LGBT character in canonical Trek. And now, 50 years later, as a clear nod to George Takei's personal activism, Hikaru Sulu has a husband and a daughter named Demora. In the article, Cho says, quote, I liked the approach, which was not to make a big thing about it. 
which is where I hope we are going as a species, to not politicize one's personal orientations, end quote. I love that he says that, that they're not making a big thing of it, well, obviously in the film, but boy have a lot of people made a big thing of it in the real world. Um, for good reason, I do think, I think it's great, and I think it's also really nice for them to honor George Takei in that way, because obviously he is very outspoken in support of gay rights, um, being gay himself, and, you know, it's about bloody time, let's be right, honest. absolutely, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, they've skirted with, uh, with playing on same-sex relationships, and we've talked about this before with, with the Trill, um, and even in the, in, I just watched last night, um, the Next Generation episode where um, Beverly C Crusher falls in love with a Trill and, you know, the Trill ends up in a female host at the end and the female host doesn't quite understand why Beverly is so hesitant to be involved with her. Even in the writing for The Next Generation, it was still clear that there, there could not be this type of relationship. The closest we got was, I think, in Deep Space Nine, the two Trill women who had previously been involved. Uh, but there's never been a definitive gay character in Star Trek. And, and this is great. This is this has moved us leaps and bounds. Yeah. And I hope it's a, an example of the kind of treatment that things will have in the future. As in, you know, um, inclusion, basically. Inclusion of lots of different um, uh, corners of society that perhaps in the past, for various reasons, mostly probably production-based, um, that never got included in Star Trek. And I think it's the way that Star Trek needs to go forward. And it's very hopeful for me. It, I think it needs to be treated very like it was in, in the 60s. And then again with, with the first black captain, Benjamin Sisko, that it was like, listen, no, no, no. It's not that he's black. It's he's a, he's a strong character who just so happens to be black. Avery Brooks was able to explore that a little bit in the writing that, that was Deep Space Nine. And, and again, uh, TOS, not so much. Um, but, you know, it, it should be a great character, great story development for a character that just so happens to be gay. Well, Captains, if you are into the original series, you will want to be programming your DVR coming up soon. The Smithsonian Channel is going to be premiering a two-hour documentary on September 4th titled Building Star Trek. The program is going to feature the restoration of the original Enterprise model that was used during the filming of the original series, and the current generation of scientists working on technologies not unlike what was seen on the show. So go now! Go set your DVRs. Actually, I need to go set mine too, so I'll be right back. Fun fact! You know what could have been the plot for Star Trek The Motion Picture? It could have been Kirk duking it out with Jesus! <laughs> What? Yep. <laughs> you heard that right. In the new book, The 50-Year Mission, Edward Gross and Mark Altman explain that one of the concepts for the first major motion picture for Star Trek would involve a shape-shifting alien that took on the forms of biblical characters. The climax? Kirk using his signature karate chop on Jesus. There you go. You've learned something new. Trust us. This is going to come up in some trivia contest or like some trivia bar night somewhere. And you're going to win some big prize because of us. You're welcome. Wow. I just Kirk battling Jesus. But I'll tell you what that is. Uh, I, I have to say that's a plot that I'm quite glad ended up on the writer's room floor. I'd like to see some of the other plots that they threw away. 
and what other characters maybe uh, maybe it could have been. So instead of us battling a well battling a an, a, an anthropomorphized uh, satellite gone awry, uh, it could have been I don't know Santa Claus, Kirk battling some kind of. I mean, it could have well, gone. We got, it we could've... got Kirk versus Lincoln. So yeah, uh, we could have done. I mean, it could have gone very Doctor Who, couldn't it? Kirk could have been battling alongside. I don't know, Mary Queen of Scots. <laughs> Who knows? Now let's get Mark in on the discussion and find out what's been happening this week in Star Trek Online. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, Captains, welcome to Star Trek Online News. So some pretty big stuff happened this week. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware. The great content route of 2016 is over. It's over. It's finished. Uh, It's excellent. So if you are not aware, because you've been living under a rock somewhere, possibly thrown by a Gorn, the Agents of Yesterday, third expansion for Star Trek Online, went live on Wednesday, the 6th of July. So we're going to totally talk about it. (laughs) So guys, let's start off. uh, Number one question. What do you think? You know, let's talk, you know, top line, first impressions. What what do you think? It's okay. I thought it'd be slightly it's bigger. It's okay. Yeah, I thought... It's okay. That's that's the most, like, anticlimactic answer ever. Yeah, it's fine. I thought there'd have been slightly more to the TOS stuff. That's sort of my, like, biggest drawback. Generally, because I haven't engaged as much with it yet outside of the story content, you know, I'm going to just from that perspective just now, just to sort of preface it. Okay, we're going to come back to that, actually, the amount of content there is. What about you, Winters? Okay, so what I like, first of all, is I think they've done a really good job on the TOS stuff. The art, it just the general feel of it, it just feels like TOS. And I've never been a fan of TOS, but I've really enjoyed that side of it. Moving away from what I like, I'm probably a little bit disappointed with the amount of content, as Mark just said there. It was nice to get two new missions uh, for the Future Proof story arc. I hope that that's not finished, although I'm kind of thinking it might be. I don't know if there's going to be any more added to that. Uh, Those missions were okay. They were fine. I think they're doing a, a way better job with the TOS stuff than those last two. I agree with that. Right. Well... I I would say that first of all, you know, I I'm always a next generation fan, that's what I always say. That's primarily because I haven't really seen that much of the original series and I'm doing a big rewatch at the moment because it's all just come onto Netflix in the UK. And oh, and do you know, it's not it, it's not what I remember and I am absolutely loving it. It's just so colorful and campy and such a product of its era. That actually, it's really got me in the mood for Agents of Yesterday, and I was kind of over the moon with those first few episodes. The the feel of it and the the look of it and just running around in my character's little skirt, which is a little impractical, but you know, I just I just loved it in terms of well, you know me and my immersion. I, yeah, I was it. about to say, for me that that was the biggest content that I've been able to get properly immersed in in a while. Yeah. Exactly. You really kind of feel like you feel like you got to get into the mindset of it to really experience it. And uh, I think they did a fantastic job with it. 
But I do want to talk about what both of you guys said because I feel the same way. The content is very short. So uh, I, didn't, I didn't play any of it on Tribble. I've only played it since the expansion went live. And I'm now up to level 10 and I've brought myself back into the 25th century. I don't think that's a spoiler because I think it's pretty been pretty you well publicized at this point. just had to watch the trailer. Uh, yeah. And I, like you guys said, I was a little bit disappointed. You kind of feel like, oh, wait, hang on. Is that it? And I know there's some other missions going on with the temporal shenanigans. I haven't had a chance to play them yet. I really hope there's more, more of the 23rd century stuff because it was great. It was. I know. And we have heard that there will be more, that it's not just those six episodes, but I do now that it's come out and we've seen all the other stuff I do kind of worry that maybe what they meant by the more was the more but the more that we've seen so the new lockbox which we'll talk about later mm -hmm. uh, some of the end game content some of the cues etc etc to go on a small little tangent this was a worry that I had when they said that they were going to bring in Star Trek Online to the console and I'm a little bit worried or concerned that they've had to divert an awful lot of resources into making that happen. And as a result, this is what we've ended up with. We've ended up with, what, six missions? Well, I don't think... I'm not sure that that's necessarily a concern. I mean, in terms of the, the amount of content that we have in this expansion, there is actually quite a lot of content. It's just it's not in the 23rd century. It's spread out among other places. It's still a concern of mine that they've had to divert an awful lot of resources for a console or that they may have to divert resources for the console and there may be a decline in the amount of content. Then you think about the Romulan expansion. That was kind of the same. So is that In like, what way? Like you got to like level 10, you chose a faction, and then you started the rest of the story content. So is that just maybe just... That was the precedent set for how future factions are going to go. I mean, they can't do too much because then you have a whole faction that has a very different experience from the other factions. So from that point of view, it would make sense that this is this is it. But at the same time, I think that that 23rd century content is so immersive and so exciting and so different that it will be a shame if the only way to get back to it is by replaying those story episodes. It must be a good thing we're complaining about it because it was so good that we just want more of it. Well, and a technical point... I'm going to strap yourselves in. <laughs> Kenna says technical point. It's not actually that technical. I, oh, I'm a, com I'm a bit of a completionist. Because I've got so far on my main character, I like to, when I'm starting a new character, because uh, I don't do it that often, I like to give her a bunch of money and start her off really well. So in the 23rd century, in those first missions, when you're walking around ESD... Itty bitty ESD. Itty bitty ESD. There's opportunities. There are uh, places that you can buy ship weapons and consoles and equipment. There's places to buy things. And I didn't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> and that annoyed me and now I feel like I missed I missed part of that opportunity and I'm gonna have to go back and like replay a mission in order to get there I'm like I'm a little confused and it did actually take me a while to figure out that you can you can use the bank your account bank on your bridge so there's a little tip it's not a spoiler tip it's a tip if you are playing through that those missions for the first time at some point you know give yourself some money 
and then at some point go and visit your starship bridge and go and uh, get some money out of your account bank because then you can go and actually buy stuff because those things are not available in the 25th century yet. So what could you buy? Because I completely missed that as well. Uh, I didn't look too much into it, but it's the 23rd century versions of consoles, weapons, phasers, you know, uh, ship and ground weapons. I mean, so a, a standard... A standard offering from what you would have, you know, in ESD in the 25th century from the, the those commodity, not commodities, but the, you know, the ship vendors, etc. So it's nothing particularly swanky and amazing. There's no exchange. But for people who are avid collectors of stuff, you might want to outfit your whole ship with all of those things. And there's not really any way to get any money at that, at that low level. You, you have to be a much higher level before you actually start accumulating any money. So uh, just a little tip, and uh, probably I'll go back and replay them just to see what you can get. Because uh, you can get bridge officers and duty officers and stuff as well. But at the moment, and maybe this will come later, but at the moment you can't go, you can't like go back in time. And you know there is a there is sector space because you're flying around in sector space in those missions, but you, you can't go to that sector space from, you know, the standard 25th century. Okay, so we talked a little bit about these story missions. Have you guys played the story content and the cues that are for the expansion, but uh, for existing players? So uh, let's see, the cues are the Battle of Procyon 5 and... Days of Doom. So have you played those, Mark? You said you had. I've played the story content. I've not played the cues. And spoiler free, how how does it fit in? Because I've gotten as far as you, you go and you talk to Daniels and he tells you about the new missions, but uh, I haven't actually gone through them. How do they slot in? What's the... Like, if you're an existing player and you go and pick up those missions, what's it like? Not as good as the Agents of Yesterday... TOS faction ones. I think the way they're they're put in, it will make more sense as you're going through as a new player because some of them are way back in a new story arc and then some of them are up at level 60 and it's kind of hard to put any words without trying to spoil, which is what I'm trying to think of. Are they in the future-proof story arc? There's some in a story arc that are sort of midway through. So that's like the Glandron Core and that one seem to be part of the way through. And then... Some of them are at the end. Okay, so we'll have to. We'll probably do a more thorough review of those uh, of those missions uh, at a later date when everyone's really had a chance to play them. We won't go into it too much now. So, okay, fine. So that's that's for content. I would like to talk a little bit about the art and the music because so much soft focus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed this, and it was such a great cheesy touch. Every time you zoom in on someone's face, I know. I was like, like when they great... had someone close to the screen, they were really bloody, but then it was sharper further back. I'm going, what the heck is happening with my graphics card? Yeah, and it's. I need to go. I need to watch more TOS to see if that ever really happened. And and I can't. I. You're right. There were some scenes where the people in the foreground are blurry and the people and the the scenery in the background is like perfectly crisp <laughs> which is a bit odd but i just loved those little touches that it would you know just soft focus on everybody the men and the women it was great 
Everyone it was brilliant. Uh, and of course, the uh, often talked about film grain, which I didn't actually have a problem with. I thought it was a nice touch, but then I have a pretty good graphics card, so I don't think it's it's made too much of a difference. I don't know if any of our listeners have have had any problems with the film grain. Do, do let us know because I'm kind of curious. I know so a few players have complained about uh, about how it renders or that it's slowing down their frame rate. But I personally didn't have any issues, so... What about you, Winters? No, I didn't have any uh, issues with that either. I have a pretty good graphics card. Uh, I, I did like it. It just added to the overall feel for it, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, d- I definitely liked uh, that effect. I thought we were going on to the music, but I do like the fact that, well, they couldn't get everyone in the studio to record. They got clips from the show. Oh, yeah. I thought it was obvious that that's what they were doing. Mm-hmm. But it, it was nice. It was included in some way. Yeah, it was. I think it was well done. I mean, it, I it was a it was a good decision, and it, I think it was well executed for what they did. Especially like Walter Koenig, because they did have some new vocals from him, vocals voiceover from him. But then they also used some clips from the original series, which I won't explain why. But it it they they did a very good job of making it make sense. And I mean, I think that's that's credit to Captain Gecko because he's very good on that. Correct me if I'm wrong, Al. <laughs> but you know, he he said before that he he wants to use the original people wherever possible. Oh, and um, speaking of which, yeah, it, Chris Duen. Uh-huh. I was going somebody <laughs> else, but just, yeah. Uh, well, I was going to say Chris Duen does such a great Scotty impression. It's it's very enjoyable. And I liked it. Shall we see someone who they couldn't get any sound or likeness for? How even they were included in the game at one point? Oh yes, yes. I know exactly who <laughs> yes. you're talking about. I just thought I was I was chuckling to myself when so that little I'm moment going, happened. Mm-hmm. And any of our listeners who have played will probably know who we're talking about. But yeah, that was a nice way to sort of include that person without uh, yep. um, without actually including them. Without actually including them, and it was good. It made it it made it feel because if they if they hadn't been able to include that person at all, it would have been obvious that they'd had to exclude him, her. It, but they did a good job of integrating that in. Uh, and of course, you know, as we expected, we got some nods to original series episodes, uh, the settings that we went and, and looked at. We could talk about Vasquez Rocks because we know that's coming. Uh, they just did, the art was so faithfully rendered. And it's a very, um, the art must have been really interesting to work on. It, like I said, it's faithfully rendered, and it it makes you feel like you're there. Do you think they went on a field trip? Like, let's really? go. You know, well, I don't think they're that far away from them. Right, we're gonna have to get one of the art, the environment artists in here to talk about. Yes. <laughs> to talk about potential those field trips. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, though, you know, Vasquez rocks. You can basically watch any film that has ever been made ever, and get good source material. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing that I noticed that really stood out to me was the music. And, I mean, I think I think we're all aware, like, if any of our listeners have, haven't listened to the full collection of STO music that's available on SoundCloud, you should go and listen to it because you, you don't really think about it because you've heard it over and over and over again, flying around sector space or in battle or whatever. There are some really, really excellent pieces of music in Star Trek Online. And they've done some new music 
for the TOS era stuff. And it is like cheesy 60s. It totally like that first mission you do where with the Vasquez rocks. The the music is sort of like it's very 60s kind of trippy awesome music and it's just another one of those little elements that adds into the immersion that I think makes it really really effective and the sound effects and the sound effects although I will admit the constant sound of the blue phasers annoys me what in space yes yeah it's a little it's a little overpowering yeah but to be fair though if you like if you watch the original series or or the the old films the the sound effects for those phases are (laughs) a little um well let's let's just say it's a pretty faithful reproduction of what they actually sounded like in the in the old show oh that's not a criticism on STO that's a criticism on the sound from the original yeah well you know it was a long time ago you know foley artists aren't sort of and special effects artists aren't what they are today, shall we say? No, but you know, attention to detail is a is really something that I think sets this whole piece of work apart from the other previous. You know, mm-hmm. and it was stepped if up. We, it, yeah, if we hearken back to what a lot of people thought was an extremely good story arc, which was the Iconian War. You know, there was some great storytelling, beautiful environments, great characterization. Uh, but for the most part, it was a it was a fairly standard set of everything. It was just you know a, a new sets, but everything was more or less the same as what we've had in every other story mission since the beginning of twenty four oh nine. This one, it it's even stuff like the animation of when you pick up a loot box, and it kind of explodes, <laughs> or the the fact that. You have a unique beam out mm-hmm. thing because if you, you flip your commu- you, if you flip your it's a communicator. No, I'm saying you get the tricorder as well. Oh yeah, yeah, and the tricorder one as well. Uh, but don't get me started on the tricorder tailor options because that needs to be a thing. We'll come on to that later. It's just it was a really good attention to detail. One piece of attention to detail that I think they might have been able to do without is the 400 million different types of insignia that yes. you can have on your <laughs> on your uniform. Has anybody else noticed that? Uh, this keeps going and going Oh and my going. god. And uh, I, I wish there was a way to filter those out. I mean, most of the time you don't spend a lot of time in your, you know, badge selection in the tailor. But because... But now, <laughs> but now you have 400,000 different types of insignia badges that and you can have. And four different variations of each one of them. <laughs> of each one of them, and it's a bit like, okay, there's got, there's got to be a way to make that more efficient so I would like to in choose, the menu. Like, choose like, the ships here, like the Intrepid, and then choose one of the options. would be nice. Yeah. Just so it's not endless, endless scrolling of options. Not but that we're you know, about they've got to have something to work on <laughs> in the future, haven't they? <laughs> so yeah but but really what is up with the tricorder not being an option in the tailor this upsets me Can you know I what I'm talking about text? yes the, the the women's tricorder I mean come on you know you can't go for a full on yeoman rand oh and don't get me started on the hairstyles I'm, let's I'm, not I'm, let's swiftly <laughs> move on <laughs> <laughs> no I will say this once and I won't bring it up again I'm very upset at the lack of authentic 60s hairstyles for women there, well, there is kind of a beehive but 
that it was there before. This is actually I was thinking about something the other day. I would generally like more hairstyles in the game just in general. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that's a nice to have, but I can see for, from a development point of view, it doesn't really add any value. But I, I was I was slightly disappointed because I thought for an expansion, especially something that is so highly stylized as the original series, that there would have been. I mean, okay, here's the deal. My new my new character's name is Chapel because I love Nurse Chapel. I know I PM'd you and I went Chapel really. Yeah, and I really wanted to make something that was an approximation of her awesome hairdo in what a little girl's made of, and there's just nothing like it. So I've kind of gone for like a, a bob or whatever. So a little disappointing, but I'm willing to overlook it because there was so much other good stuff in there. I cannot believe that you're talking about Space Barbie. <laughs> it's, l- l- listen. It's Alex, come on. This, this expansion, a lot of it is all about immersion. So it's a, it's a totally valid topic. Yes, it's for definitely one of the minorities in the game. But not everyone. What, the Space Barbie? Yes, it is one. Okay. Mm. Space Barbie enthusiasts are one of the many minorities that make up Star Trek Online. (laughs) Let's not start this discussion again, please. (laughs) Fine, fine, fine. We'll move on to a real topic then. My my other question is, is, so where where are we going with this? Well, where are we going with the Future Proof arc? Because I've kind of forgotten where we were and where we're heading to. So we're kind of, this is, this is halfway in the Future Proof arc. We thought we were going to get a new arc, but I think they've not done that because the, the, those two new story missions were going to be in a different name. Do you remember that? Yes. We talked about it in one of one of our episodes a few a few weeks back. I think many loose ends are tied up. Oh, at the end of those two other yeah. missions, there are many loose ends tied up. Okay, so I, I will forego any judgment until I've actually played them through. And then, and then we'll we'll see where that leaves us, I guess. When, when, you've played them, haven't you? I have. You agree? That's, yeah, I, w- I would. I would agree as well. Okay, so here's my question: how how does this story arc work for a new TOS character? Because currently, you've played through the the tutorial missions, and then it takes you back into, and then it sort of starts you off on the other no, quote unquote normal story missions. So for an established player the future proof arc kind of starts at the end doesn't it it, it assumes that you've played through the iconian war etc what confuses me is that the last two missions in the future proof story arc are actually at lower levels than end game so when as a new player playing do you encounter those stories um the last time i checked the tos mission journal you don't oh you get some of them, like the Galandrian Core and the Yesterday's... Is it Yesterday's War? Yes, that's what that's what they said in, in the blog that we talked about a few weeks ago. They've, okay. they've now been moved sort of like in the middle of the user experience, in the middle of the mission logs. But then the rest of the future-proof ones, including these two that weren't announced, are tacked on at the end. So when I checked, and I probably need to check again... But for a TOS character, the whole future-proof story arc wasn't in the mission journal. Because I started thinking, going, how are they going to work this in? Because if we've been brought from the past to the future in the way that we were and the circumstances surrounding it, how do we start 
going round about. I don't know if they need to be slightly rewritten. Well, okay, question for you. Have you actually played it all the way through to, what, level 60 on your TOS character? No. Okay, so I think potentially we will find out more when, when we've actually hit that, and we might just have to come and revisit that on a, on a future episode of Priority One. It may be like some of the missions that happened in this time. You didn't actually see them in the journal until you completed other ones, so they might pop up. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll reserve judgment then for that. But from what you say, that might have been the end of Future Proof. Yeah. yeah. And for we shall characters, see. yeah. But you said there's also there's Yesterday's War. Yeah. There's a Yesterday's War where most of the newer missions that we were given on Tribble, they exist there, like the Glandron Core, the Kelvin Timeline one, and then it jumped to the two that weren't given, which, like I said, everything into a nice little package almost okay so i think what we'll need to do is we'll need to spend a little bit more time playing it and see how that all works together it certainly doesn't sound linear the way that uh previous story arcs have happened and whether that will be different for new tos players versus existing captains uh we'll have to play it and then we'll report back so what i want to know from you guys is what's your favorite part so far of the expansion and or is there anything you don't like in addition to there being like a ginormous expansion we've also had something that a lot of people have been waiting for for a very long time i'm not even going to dance around it but we finally have a tier six connie we do indeed it's not a tier five connie but anyway specifically it's not a prime universe connie but it's the kelvin timeline constitution class aka the jj prize which, of course, is the version of the Enterprise that's featured in Star Trek 09 and Into Darkness. Now, uh, I think it's probably an understatement to say that this ship is long-awaited, and it's now available to Federation and TOS players as a prize from the new Kelvin lockbox. Officially, it's called the Kelvin Timeline Heavy Command Cruiser, and it's similar to existing command ships in that it has a command specialization bridge officer seating, and it makes use of the inspiration mechanic, if you're familiar with that. This ship, however, also features a lieutenant science slash temporal bridge officer seat, and in addition to its unique console and trait, also features its own unique Kelvin timeline constitution bridge. Now, Mark, you have this ship, don't you? Yeah. You cheeky little monkey. Of course. How many lockboxes did you have to open to get that ship? <laughs> I, I take the fifth. <laughs> it, don't worry, it, it will not be used against you. I know... Um, Somebody tweeted us um, that they spent ten pounds on keys and managed to snag one. Nice. So that's pretty lucky. I opened sixty boxes and I got nothing. Oh, ouch! Yeah. See, I'm not even sure if I want it that much, but uh, you know what I'm like, and I kind of sort of mentally role play my characters. I'm not sure if I would want my prime universe character to be flying around a Kelvin timeline cruiser. But that's just me. I'll, I'll tell you what, though, Mark. Yeah. You could shoot us across a bridge invite, please. Yeah, well, after the show. Okay. Well, in addition to the Kelvin Timeline Constitution class, there are some other prizes in the Kelvin lockbox, and that includes the Klingon D4X Pilot Bird of Prey and the Romulan Talaru Intel Carrier Warbird, and those are both Tier 6. 
And additionally, the consoles and traits from all three of those tier six ships will be available as a high tier lockbox prize. These are cross-faction packs. So basically, while Federation captains, for instance, can't get the D4X, they still have the chance to obtain the console and trait. And I should also point out that these special consoles are truly universal, meaning that they can be used on any ship. Plus, with the new binding rules for lockbox prizes, you should be able to obtain them on the exchange if you have the energy credits. Now, along with the three lockbox ships, there's also a new ship coming to the low buy store for the low, low price. Low, low buy price. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's why they did that. Low buy. Anyway. Uh, it's 900 low buy, and it's the Tier 6 Kelvin Timeline Intel Dreadnought Cruiser, a.k.a. the Vengeance class, and that's from Star Trek Into Darkness. I have one of them, too. Oh, for heaven's sake. <laughs> so unfair. <laughs> anyway, there are a whole host of other Kelvin Timeline goodies in the lockbox and the low buy store, including plenty of Space Barbie items and Kelvin Timeline space and ground equipment. For more details, we'll leave a link to the blog in our show notes at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO278. The patch notes for both the expansion and the normal Thursday maintenance patch were pretty lengthy, so we'll just touch on some of the highlights that you may have missed. First up in the expansion notes, as we mentioned, there are two new story episodes that were released in the Future Proof story arc. These were not previously available on the Triple Test server. They're called Temporal Reckoning and Ragnarok. Both missions are available to level 60 players only. Two new space PvE queues were also released, the Battle of Porcyon 5 and Days of Doom. You've already heard of these two, but now we can play them. These two queues drop temporal marks, so worth running if you're working on the new temporal defence reputation. Also just a reminder that one extra free character slot has been added to all accounts, so there's no excuse not to make a new TOS character. There are a whole host of other tweaks to powers that haven't previously been publicised. I highly recommend reading through the list to see whether your builds may be affected. Moving on to the Thursday patch. Really, the only big fix is they have resolved an issue that was preventing some new TOS characters from regressing through the tutorial. Sadly, if you're one of the players affected by the bug, you will have to delete your character and start a new one. Hopefully the fix will have caught most people before they encountered that issue. For the links to the full patch notes, we'll leave a link in the show notes. Again this week, in an effort to bring you some of the news and comments from PWE and Cryptic that aren't officially announced in the blogs, here's the latest comments pulled from the Twitterverse. Al Rivera, at Captain Gecko, tweeted, To celebrate Agents of Yesterday, the team got Enterprise F crew t-shirts and Enterprise F pint glasses with matching Aquarius Escort tumbler. I want one! They look so cool! So do I, yeah. I've I seen that tweet, actually. They look really, really nice. Al, uh, if there's any spirit at Vegas, can we buy them, please? Al Rivera at Captain Gecko also tweeted, Thank you to Trek stars Walter Koenig, Chris Dewan, Joe Gatt, Chase Masterson, and Matt Winston for making STO Agents of Yesterday possible. Thomas Maroney at Cryptic underscore TTC tweeted, Definitely recommend playing Agents of Yesterday with the music on. It's original stuff, but hits the TOS feel really well. Agreed, obviously. Seconded. He also tweeted, There's a cool little customization option for the Kelvin Timeline Constitution I think people will like. Not the ID and credits refit, though. Which, I haven't actually seen what, what this little cool customization option is, so if you know, do tweet us. Let us know. I'll tell you after the show. And finally, Hector Ortiz at Sandman979, he's the concept artist at Cryptic, tweeted, 
the new bridge for the Kelvin Timeline D4X. Its art station has some extra pics and comments, so you should go and check those out. That's it for this week's Star Trek Online News. Now let's check in with Jake on the promenade. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jake Cobb. And I'm Cookie Cupcakes. And this is the promenade. As you may have guessed, we here at the promenade love talking Star Trek collectibles. Statues, reproductions, furniture, makeup, clothing, houseware, toys, and everything in between. Yep, but we're Starfleet personnel. The excitement and personal fulfillment of being a Starfleet officer is infinite. The discretionary income? Not so much. So we have to pick and choose what we covet and what we buy. That's right. So this month, we're going to look at something we splurged on and something we wish we could have. Set a course for fiscal responsibility. We usually say, so let's get to it. But you just said it. Do I have to say it again? Uh, No, I think we're good. Great. Cue the sound effect. Since we've started the promenade, there have been a few collectibles I've really wanted to get my hands on. The Wan Company's Star Trek Phaser and Communicator, the Air Hogs Enterprise A Flight Drone, and the Megablocks Star Trek Building Sets. <laughs> Imitation Legos. So imagine my excitement when, after a couple of lucky spins at the Dabo table, I had enough platinum to pick up four of the six Star Trek Megablocks Collector Sets on Amazon.com. These four sets included the Bridge Set, the Transporter Set, and two Figure Packs, which come with four figures and a small environment. Now frankly, I could spend the entire length of the podcast talking about each individual set, figure, build, and environment. Unfortunately, we don't have that kind of time. So in the interest of expediency, we'll review just the bridge set. Let's start by talking about the bricks. If you're familiar with Lego... (laughs) Legos are better. Then the building bricks are nothing new. The pieces are uniform and strong. Generally, the fare with brick sets not made by Lego is that the bricks won't fit together tight, or there will be an uneven assembly. Mm-hmm. That is simply not the case with Star Trek Megablocks. The quality is on par with the market's frontrunner. As a nice touch, all the graphics pieces come pre-printed, no stickers here, and they look beautiful. My one gripe with the set is the assembly. The instructions prove to be a tad difficult to read in some circumstances, and the bricks aren't split into easy-to-find bags. They're all just kind of mixed together. This means some patience is required pre-build, but in my opinion, it's a small annoyance and the end result is worth the effort. The assembled set has some really neat features, including working turbo lift doors and a buildable Nomad. You remember Nomad. From the TOS episode, The Changeling? The robot that makes Uhura forget, well, everything? And his megablock representation is great. Back to the bridge, proportions are solid, though not perfect, and the whole display is sturdy and just plain fun. But what about the crew? Well, I'm glad I asked myself out loud. As I said in the preview of these sets a few months back, megablock's minifigures aren't your standard block figure fare. These are two-inch action figures. Ball-jointed shoulders, elbows, hips, and head, cut wrists, and hinged knees round out the impressive 11 points of articulation. Character likeness is as good as can be expected in such a small, mass-market figure. The promo photos oversell the facial detail, but frankly, close-up review shots don't do them justice. When you hold these little buggers in your hand, you don't doubt you're holding Kirk, Spock, Uhura, or Sulu, who all happen to be included in this set, by the way. To say I love these minifigures would be underselling it. Look. What I'm about to say is blasphemous in some circles. But I think Megablocks minifigures are substantially more enjoyable than Lego. What? There. I said it. Send all hate mail to E-L-I-J-A-H at priority1, that's the word one, dot gov. So if you couldn't tell, 
the Mega Bloks Bridge playset gets a full-fledged recommendation. As a matter of fact, I'd recommend all four sets I purchased, enthusiastically. So dip your toe in with the 1599 Guardian of Forever figure set, or dive in headfirst with the 5999 Bridge. They can all be found at Amazon.com. You know, back in my day, we used to just have random Legos and build random things with no directions needed. We never built what we were told. Yeah, great story, Grandma. Tell me about your rock collection. Speaking of collectibles, did you know that I collect Barbie dolls? Oh, you do? Yes. I'd like to go to old vintage toy stores and get them. The new ones are kind of boring to me. Plus, the old ones are cheaper, so... My main goal is for my collection to be as diverse as possible. And let me tell you, that is not easy when it comes to vintage Barbies. Like, I could not find any dark-complected Barbies. So when I saw the new Star Trek Barbies that were just released in June to celebrate the 50th anniversary, I was quite happy about it because not only do they have Spock and Kirk, but they also have Uhura. I know these technically aren't considered vintage, but since they're celebrating something that happened 50 years ago, I think it counts. Oh, for sure. And I could not think of a better doll to add to my collection than Uhura. Everything she represents, she was a trailblazer and a role model for so many people. I don't want to neglect Kirk and Spock here, but I did just get all five Nukas on the Block dolls, I mean action figures, so I really don't need any more boys. So unlike the Barbie and Ken 30th anniversary standard looking Barbie dolls, which I have by the way, these dolls actually look like the actors. Kind of. The costumes on the dolls are all on point. Even the hems of the shirts for the male officers were in the right places. Great attention to detail there. Kirk's likeness is kind of sorta accurate. His hair does have that curly wave in the front and his posture's really strong like a captain. But the features on his face were too soft and somewhat generic looking. It just doesn't really look too much like him to me. Spock looked a bit more like the real thing. One of his hands actually forms the Live Long and Prosper Vulcan salute, which is really cool. But his face was also a bit on the feminine side. Like, if you put a wig on the Spock doll, it would look just like Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, look at it and you will see what I mean. Oh, oh my gosh, it totally does! I sure hope I'm not forever ruining this doll for someone that just got him and now will never get the image out of their head. Anyways, Uhura on the other hand looked just like her. The bone structure, jawline, hair, makeup, everything. She's definitely my favorite doll out of the group. I just hope it's okay for my niece to play with her too because the suggested age for these dolls are for the adult collector, which is strange. You would think they would be for all ages, but... What do I know about collecting? I always take them out of the boxes right away. These dolls sell for $34.95 and you can check them out at thebarbiecollection.com. So there you have it. And a very important reminder from the promenade. Never call an action figure a doll. Links to the items discussed can be found in the show notes, so please be sure to check them out. Have any comments about this segment or anything discussed herein? We'd love to hear from you. So let us know what you think on Twitter, Facebook, or in the comments section. And remember... You keep an eye on the stars. We'll keep an eye on the market. Until next time. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. All right, captains. This is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Last week's first community question was, 
Would you like to see Brent Spiner reprise the role of Data? And to what capacity would you like to see it? James Sillett wrote on Facebook.com, Yes, if the live action is done similar to the CG work done for Patrick Stewart to make him look young, and definitely for voiceovers. That CG stuff kind of creeps me out in X-Men, personally. Oh, is that what he's referring to? I was was trying to think, when did he do CG work to make him look younger in Star Trek? But no, you know, you're right. Yeah, he did look a little bit funky there, didn't he? Mm Mm-hmm. A little bit too... Madame Tussaud. Graham Armitage commented on PriorityOnePodcast.com. I would love to see Data return, maybe as a character in STO. I don't know, there's a concept. We haven't seen many uh, next generation nope. characters in STO, have we? No, nope, because they're expensive. Well, Tashi R, though. We have seen Tashi R. And Worf. And subsequently, Sela and Worf, yeah. I mean, I guess they are mm, expensive, but that is something that is conspicuously missing, so. Uh, Hey, Captain Gecko, could you get on that, please? Thomas Townley tweeted us, No, unless they're going to do a TNG animated series, then yes. There was actually, did you guys see concept art for that TNG animated series? What? It was a no? it was fan art. It, was, it wasn't really oh, concept right, art, right, it was fan right. art. I'd be happy with that. It's actually, it was really cool. It was, uh, and it was floating around for a while. Uh, it's very much in the style of Kim Possible. Yeah. Was that that one that's meant to be set in the 31st century? Oh, jeez. I'm like... Ooh, I like it. I don't. It's I nice do. art, but I don't like the concept. Look how manly Riker looks. It's the only reason why you like it. It's a contributing it's a factor. Why is um why is Jordy so short? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jordy. Literally, he's the shortest one. Yeah. But no, I like it. I like the style. And finally, Sean Newboy commented on PriorityOnePodcast.com. Fun show, everyone. And in regards to data. No, no CGI, no makeup, just no. Yeah. Yeah. And in our second community question, which of the featured episode replay items are you most looking forward to getting, and which other item, including ships, would you love to have another crack at? Tyler Maxwell replied to our forum post, the shard of possibilities is pretty fun. Who doesn't want their own dancing duplicates? (gasps) Do you know, I got mine the other day. Yeah. And I haven't used it yet. Oh, we need to change that. I need to go and sort that out because that was the whole reason. Because every time, like when we're on a live stream with the fleet or whatever, Winters is always breaking out his little duplicates dancing in the background. I'm so jealous. And now I can do it too. Lieutenant Dan posted on PriorityOnePodcast.com. The item I would love to have another crack at with an alt is the Zephram Cochran shotgun. I got it for three of my characters, but I've since made several others who now have to trudge their way through any Borg encounters. That's another one that I would like. Wasn't that an old uh, crystalline catastrophe? But in lieu of the Zephram Cochran shotgun, you can use a TR-116B. I love my shotgun. I remember that parody. That was a good parody. When we did the commercial for the Zephram Cochran shotgun. Alright, I'm glad I'm glad uh, I remember. Did, what? Was that priority one yeah. one? We should totally put that in. Like right just, here. Just like put it in, yeah. <laughs> right now. <laughs> you have problems? We have solutions. 120.1 DPS worth the solutions. Power. You wanna keep people out? We've got your do not disturb side. It's made of steel and nightmares. Critical power. You want experience? You want that promotion? You want to make it a 60? 
Ain't gonna happen with phasers or disruptors. Raw, unbridled, down and dirty power. You drinking wine? You talking politics? You getting all feng shui in your officer's quarters? Then dance! Nerd tonic. Go overcook your steak, cute little poodle. You still here? Good. Then I've got your key to the universe. Behold! The Mirror Zephyrm Cochran Shotgun Mark 12 by Cryptek. Put the fear of Zephyrm in your enemies. Watch them scatter before you scatter them. Orchids everywhere. Feel the power, power. of the Mirror Zephyrm Cochran Shotgun. Hold the steel. Unleash the critical hit. Critical damage combo. Bring the critical power. Expose them to the DPS menagerie of pain and terror. It has exposed attack. Chuck them the bird before you chuck them through the wall. As long as the wall is less than 22.5 meters away. Metric system. You want to be as badass as Mirror Zephyrm Cochran? Too bad. It ain't gonna happen. You want his Mirror Zephyrm Cochran shotgun Mark 12 by Cryptek? We can help you with that. 14 multi-dimensional transporters, and it's yours! Crazy cheap. Plus, so you ain't surprised by the reaction you'll get while carrying your Mirror Zephyr Cochran shotgun, we'll throw 500 fleet marks, 50,000 pink crystals, and 250 marks of your choice at you. Now don't forget your friends when you're spraying heated metal across the universe. Mirror, Zephra, Cochran, Shotgun. And in our final bit of feedback this week from Dragon Rider, who replied to our forum post, the items I would love to return are the ships you got during certain episodes that you can't get anymore. Yeah, I want the Rising Luxury Cruiser. Oh, yeah. You can't have it. I didn't. But I'm get trying that. to think what ones come from certain episodes. Uh, the Obelisk, rather than events. The the Obelisk. Oh yeah. The Odyssey. Ah, uh, the, the original one. Uh, yeah. Dyson Science Destroyer. Okay, but some of them are available in the C store now. Yeah, anyway. uh, some of them are in the C store and or lobby store. Yeah, but they were free. Mm-hmm. Free is good. <laughs> I will soon have them all. All the Pokemon. Well, that wraps up episode 278 of Priority One Podcast. But before we go, here's a reminder of this week's community question. What's your favorite part of Agents of Yesterday so far? And is there anything that you don't like? Captains, you know we love hearing from you. So leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or shoot us a tweet at PriorityOnePod. You can even leave us a voicemail via SpeakPipe. Just click on the widget on our homepage. It's free. Don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. Catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. And if you're listening to us via iTunes or Google Play, please don't forget to leave us a review. And more importantly, share the show with your friends. It's your support that keeps us going. And don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at guardfrequency.com. Covering the world of space sims, including Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Descent Underground, and many, many more. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. Thanks to our graphic artists, Romulan Ale and Jason Smith. 
Thanks to all our bloggers and their managing editor, Elle. To our writer and social media manager, Jake Morgan. To our video editor, Jerry Tillman. And to consultant Midnight Shadow 7 of Holosuite Media for supporting this show. Thanks to our audio team led by Michael McDonald with assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, as Maria DePost, and Gavin Lawarn. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage. Engage. Eleventh of July. Come on. What do you mean? It be Brits. We don't always say. We say. Do we say the number in the month always? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. I could have on Monday, July eleventh. I I don't remember ever flipping it around. Oh, we maybe we flipped it around because it was fourth. Oh, because I I did it the fourth of July. Uh, yeah, I did that. Ah, that's why. Okay. All right, moving on. You gotta, you gotta ask me the thing. You gotta leave. Hey, Kenna. So why don't you tell us what we've got going this week? <laughs> don't say it like that. <laughs> hey, Kenna. Sue. <laughs> well, this week we've got plenty to trek out, including a new backstory for Hukaru Sulu, Hukaru? a television Hikaru. Uh, <laughs> Hikaru. Hikaru. Hikaru Sulu. I'm not gonna do that stupid thing you do where you like put on a fake accent every time you say somebody's name. Hikaru Sulu. Hikaru Sulu. <laughs> but I'm not gonna do that thing. Um, I have a weird accent. I'm gonna say it in my accent because that's just silly. If you, if you ask me to like quote "Arigato gozaimasu," I will try vaguely to say it in a Japanese accent. But I'm not gonna say it. anyway. Well, this week we've got plenty to trek out, including a new backstory for who who now I can't say it. Hikaru Sulu. Hikaru. Hikaru Sulu. Wiki 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 wiki. <laughs> I'm totally pew pewing a Kenna. Pew pew. No, I'm and totally winters. pew pewing pew. your butt. Pew 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 pew. Out of everyone here, I am the only actual professional killer. I've had training. You're all good. Yeah, whatever. Right. It's overrated. In an interview with Australia's Herald, John Cho divulged that his character, Hikaru Sulu, will be revealed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so Sorry, I couldn't stop myself. <laughs> I knew it too. I knew you were going to laugh. I knew it. I knew you were going to laugh. That's That's why it came out quite so loud. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hikaru Sulu. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it too. I knew it. We're going off on a tangent. Play us out, Johnny. Play us out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine, fine, fine.
Okay, the promenade. This is Cookie Promenade Sink 1. This is Jake Promenade Sink 2. <laughs> oh, God. Forgot what to do. This is going well. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the promenade in 3, 2, 1, go. And I'm Cookie Cupcakes. And this is the promenade. Did, did you make a noise just now? I did. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Cookie, I'm sorry. Is, is <laughs> Mega Blocks really spelt, yeah, it's spelt like, like a, that? Yeah. So it's like... Imitation Lego and imitation <laughs> word block. I can't even do the word block. Wow. I feel so bad for the guy who has to edit this. Oh, <laughs> Isn't that you? Yes, me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, and then okay, that link's missing, so I'll need to go and find it again. Yeah. Um, so the uh, link... No, cat... Jeez. Sorry, I'm have, being... Sabotaged. Um, that should not be Jace. That should be. Uh, let's head. Let's head. Let's check in. Mistake in the promenade. Yeah. Good. Do you need me to write that? No, it's fine. <clears throat> okay. You're going to add a little bit. I, I can add a little bit. Just add a little okay. bit. Okay. Okay. That's it for this week's Star Trek Online News. Now let's check in with Jace on the promenade. No. <laughs> I know. I'm just doing it <laughs> potentially. <laughs> Oh, they thought, will they notice? Yes. <laughs> no, that's I okay. I can everything. have it. I did that on purpose. Yeah, I'm sure you uh-huh, did. That's right, yeah. I did. You won't yeah. believe me, but I did. I'm, a mil- I'm not a millionaire by choice, yeah. Uh-huh, okay. Lieutenant Dan commented on PriorityOnePodcast.com. Lieutenant Dan! <laughs> Lieutenant Dan! Ice cream! Lieutenant Dan! Ice cream! Ice cream, Lieutenant Dan. Ice cream. Lieutenant Dan, po- uh, Lieutenant Dan commented, "Shut up." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a smart man, but I know oh, what God. something is. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. But sadly, they don't cover Pokemon Go. They don't. Oh, they don't. Man, I'm starting a Pokemon Go podcast. Oh, sh- <laughs> I'm starting a Pokemon Go podcast. <laughs> is he okay? Has he run off? Yeah, I think he I think just he ran off. Lost it. Yeah, he's I wanna li- be the very best, like no one ever was. Oh God! <laughs> to catch them is my real test. To podcast uh. is my call. <laughs> it's got, it's got a God. It's got a theme tune and everything. New to Priority One Network. A brand new, your weekly source for all things Pokemon Go. Yeah, Pokecast. I was thinking Pokecast. 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 Pogocast. Yeah. Pokemon Gocast. Pogocast. (laughs) Podamon. Okay. This is Chris Keane. I would like to personally thank the Priority One team for all their very nice comments over the years Um, and just to remind ourselves of some of those comments uh, I've prepared a little snippet Welcome to Priority One Chris King If you're not at the top Chris you're nowhere I would like to say a special hello to Chris King So best I can't wait to meet him in Star Trek Las Vegas So freaking awesome Yeah Chris King You'll love it Is 
Chris Keane. Better than Riker. Yeah, I am so enjoying this mental image that I've got. Well, Can't we just shut up? Don't just stop. Yeah. We don't want to hear it. Exactly. Yeah. It's an amazing, but it's true. Um, have I left anything out, guys? Nope. You left it all out on the floor, kid. Good job. <laughs> I, did. I did. Chris Keene. I, there, I, we can virtually guarantee yammering. Not, yeah. uh, not much else, but that we can, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see you in a few. See you in a few. Bye. So, yeah. Thank you so much for the comments. Um, I think Kenna is going to kill me. But, uh, what the hey? 